the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 2, Episode 11. I'm so glad that you came back to join me for another episode, and I'm very happy to be sitting down here with you on this beautiful Monday here in Italy. And I'm looking forward to sharing some exciting things that are happening that have been happening in the past week and some things that are coming up that I'm looking forward to. So in our last episode, I talked to you about walking through the pink house, as I'm calling it, the house on the canal that I have been looking at for the last few years that was no longer on the market and I'd kind of given up on. And then I found out that it's back on the market. So... After walking through the house and Alessandro and I kind of talking about it and figuring out, you know, what what we want our next step to be, we decided the most logical and sensible thing to do would be to meet with the architect who had done some work on the property for the people who had originally planned to buy it, but then ended up not following through. So we had that appointment with the architect this past Friday. And it was actually a really wonderful meeting. We walked in, we were there a little early, and everybody was still out at lunch, and the entire agency, which is where we met the architect, we didn't meet the architect in his office, we met the architect in the office of the agency where the house is being sold. And so everybody was out to lunch, and it's always kind of interesting how offices really clear out around noon or one o'clock and then people don't come back until around three o'clock and so our appointment was right at three o'clock and everybody kind of was making their way slowly back into the office so we were there early and when the architect came in he was a very elegant man with a really good energy about him typical kind of middle-aged Italian man, especially northern Italian man. The way I would describe him is well-dressed, fit, great hair, and just a very elegant sort of persona. And one of the first things he said is, Alessandro was introducing himself, and then he introduced me, and he said, oh, yes, he's American. I I, I could almost tell just by looking at him that he's American. He has a, the there's a term, an Italian term called physinomi, and he's, he, he has the, the look, basically, the physical attributes of an American. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if what that exactly means. <laughs> I'm sure Americans must have a certain look. I'm sure that Italians have gotten used to being able to spot foreigners, but I think especially Americans. So that was kind of interesting that he pointed that out. And so anyway, we got right into the meeting and I came with kind of a list of questions. Some of my questions included things like, what can you tell us about this area? Does it ever flood? Is this an area that since we're right, the house is right on the canal, is this an area that is prone to flooding? To the best of his knowledge, this area is not prone to flooding. We are a little bit higher in elevation than some other areas. So usually water, of course, always, you know, finds its lowest point and runs downhill. So because we are a little closer to the mountains here, even though we are considered the Prosecco Valley, we are not the lowest point. The lowest point would be down closer to like Venice and some of the other areas. And so this particular town that we're in, Fortunately, and I found this to be very good news, just is not really prone to flooding. So that was great news. Some of the other questions I had for him were things like, can you add a balcony to the property? Right now there is a sort of outdoor second story terrace 
but there's no balcony on the side of the canal and all those bedrooms that would be in the house and the kitchen and and the living room i just picture french doors opening out onto a little balcony somewhere where you could have just a tiny little bistro table and have your coffee or your espresso in the morning and sit there and read a book maybe and I, that was something I asked him about. He said that he thought that that was a possibility, but we didn't get into so many details. We're, we're really just trying to find out what are the hard yeses? What are the hard no's? Are we able to, another question was, are we able to operate an Airbnb from there? Not necessarily like a registered bed and breakfast with a like hotel license, but could you operate a, an Airbnb out of your private residence? And he said that that is absolutely you know fine in the area. There's no restrictions. So another question that we had for him was about this program called a Super Eco 110% bonus. That is something that is being offered by the government of Italy to kind of use as a stimulus to get construction workers back to work and get the housing market kind of moving again a little bit because, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of work kind of came to a screeching halt. And in order to sort of get people back into renovating properties, buying and selling homes and sort of getting the real estate market and renovation market moving again, the government of Italy has offered this thing called the, the super eco bonus. Now there was prior to this, something called an eco bonus, but this is called a super eco bonus and it's 110%. And so I've been trying to educate myself on really what that means. There are certain restrictions, there are certain qualifications. And one of the things I know is that you have to actually apply for this by the end of October. So we're really running out of time. I mean, we're getting towards the end of September here. That means in order for us to even qualify for this, we'd have to hurry up and buy a piece of property. Purchasing property, just like anything in Italy, does not go quickly. So if by some miracle we were able to find a piece of property and purchase it before the end of October and apply for this, we would have two years to finish the renovation work. So it's kind of a great deal. There's another bonus that is offered by the Italian government that's kind of a long-standing bonus that's called the Seisma bonus, which is fortifying the structure of the home and making it more earthquake-proof. You're able to get a sort of a tax break or a refund back from the government on any uh, money that you spend up to a certain point. I think it's like 90% or even 100% of the work that you put into a house or a structure or a you know, a villa or an apartment or whatever it is that you're you're renovating, as long as you make it more earthquake proof according to the certain standards and, and the regulations and whatever that they have, you can get some of that back. So because I found out that where we are here is not an earthquake zone, there's like four different zones. There's zone one, that is the most at-risk zone, and then there's zone two, three, and four, zone four being the zone with very, very low earthquake risk. So I thought it was kind of nice to find out that I'd never looked at this map and before I started doing some of this research, to find out that the Veneto region here near Venice, is most of it is like on a four, meaning the very lowest risk scale for earthquakes. So because of that, this property would not be, from what I understand, would not be eligible for the Seisma bonus. 
that's a good thing that we don't even need it. So I went down my list of questions about, you know, access to the property through these gates and going under this other building to get to the property. Are there any restrictions? And so we met with the architect for about an hour and had a really great meeting with him. I think architects are fantastic. Architects are, I think, especially good for people who don't have any idea. They know they want to create something, but they don't really have an idea exactly what they want it to be. Because I am a designer and because I've done work in landscape design and interior design, and I even helped people with their home designs before and done done some of that for certain clients, I'm no architect. But what I don't struggle with is knowing what designs I want to do. I'm very, very clear usually on how I want something to look. And if I ever wasn't sure what I wanted a place to look like, I would get an architect involved and then they would say, okay, well, here are some things that we could do to the property. So I think that that's what a, what a really great architect can do. But it seems to me like we might not even need an architect for this job. What we would really need to say is, okay, here's what we want to do. Here are some sketches. You know, I can render some sketches, some digital sketches and some floor plans, create those and submit those to an engineer. The engineer would then take those and then help us work with the city and help us kind of get all the permits and everything that we need. So I don't know that for this particular project or maybe even any of the projects that we ever have here in Italy, I don't know that we're going to need an architect for them, but we'll see. I have no idea. That's kind of where I'm coming at this from. Also, a renovation is a little different than a than a brand new build. I think I probably would engage an architect if I was building something from the ground up. You know, even if I had my own sketches and my own designs, I would probably bring in an architect if I was building a house from the ground up, just taking a piece of land and adding a house to it. That's probably when I would definitely engage an architect's services. But since this is a fully built home, I mean, this is assuming that we actually buy this property, but taking a fully built home that just needs a renovation, like a new roof, new windows, new plumbing, new electrical, that sort of thing, it's not really necessary for us in this particular case to get an architect. So that's something that after this meeting that we were really grateful for, that's something that we were interested in. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't still try to speak with that architect and maybe pay him for a set of the plans that he's already put together for the property. But anyway, that's, I don't want to put the cart before the horse because we're not there yet. We're still in the kind of figuring things out phase. I have no idea what the next step's going to be yet. I am doing my best not to be frustrated with things sort of moving at a snail's pace. I'm trying my best not to be frustrated with the fact that I don't yet have my fiscal code. So even if I wanted to buy a property here, I couldn't really buy it under the situation I want to buy it under, which is as an Italian resident buying a piece of property. So anyway, we're we're kind of figuring it out one step at a time. One of the things I'd like to quickly touch on about this week is that I have just gotten some absolutely wonderful messages from some of you listeners, and I've had people say things to me like, you know, I've been listening quietly for the longest time, and I don't even follow you on social media because I don't have social media, but I decided I'd reach out and write you this email, or I would write you this, I would get on Instagram just because I would like to see some of these videos that you're posting, 
And so anyway, I just want to let you know that those of you who have written me, I absolutely love the interaction that I have with you listeners. And if you have been thinking about writing to me, or if you've been sort of listening silently in the background and never let me know that you're there, when you do let me know that you're listening, it just totally makes my day. It makes my week, my year. And what I'm going to be doing at the end of this year, when I get to the point I believe my first episode was recorded in New York last year in November. And so that's only a couple months from now. My first episode here in Italy was uploaded in January. So at some point, I'm going to hit the one-year mark. I'm not really sure where I'm going to measure that one year from. But when I get to that one-year mark and we're celebrating one year of this podcast happening on a weekly basis. And when I, maybe it's when I get to my 52nd episode, you know, for one episode per week for 52 weeks. But at some point, I'm going to spend a whole episode reading messages from my fabulous family of listeners. And I do consider each one of you members of my family. And if you've been thinking about writing to me, write to me in the next couple of weeks or months and I'd love to share your message with our listeners. And it just means so much to me. So thank you to those of you. And just in the past week, I've had a number of you reach out to me. And I want to thank you for doing that. It means a lot. Another thing I'd like to just mention is I have at this point, we have 40 reviews on Apple Podcasts. And I believe that Apple is the only podcast provider or podcast platform that allows you to leave a review. So I'm setting a goal between now and the one year anniversary of this podcast to have 100 reviews. And the reason reviews make such a difference is because reviews really help other people find this this show and this podcast. There's a lot of people who are considering moving to Europe or moving to Italy that haven't discovered us yet. We have gotten up to a very high level compared to where we were when we started, which was at zero. So I'm just setting a, a goal of 100 reviews and hopefully all of them five-star reviews. You can write reviews in two different ways. You can just hit the five stars. You can just click on five stars and just have that be a review without writing anything. Or you can take a look at some of the reviews people have written and kind of use those as a guide. People just say, write just like a one or two sentence blurb about how the podcast has impacted them or what they've how, that, how much they've enjoyed it or what they've gotten out of it, the value that they've found in it. Anyway, so I'm going to just set the goal. I'm just going to sort of put that out there that I'd love to see by the time we hit the one year mark, 100 reviews. So if you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I'm especially talking to you. I would be incredibly grateful for just going down to the bottom of the podcast. Um, there's a section when you're at the, you just go to the podcast main page on on Apple Podcasts. You scroll down to the bottom and it, there's a section that says leave a review or write a review and you can just click on the stars. It literally takes 10 seconds at the most and that's a five-star review. You don't even have to write anything. If you were going to write something, maybe it'll take you two minutes maximum to write a few words and you send it off. That's all it would take. That's all I ask. If you happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts and you haven't already left a review, I would be most grateful for that. Those of you who have left reviews, thank you. Now, those of you who have already left reviews, 
if you want to go one step above and beyond and help us get to that goal of 100 reviews for the podcast, your partner or your spouse or your friend, anybody who happens to also have an iPhone, all you have to do is just say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast that I love. I'd love for you to see it, but can I just have your phone for one quick second? I want to write a review for Nathan and just put five stars. And so you could just, anybody that you know that happens to have, I mean, you could do that for 10 friends or 10 family members. You don't have to do that, but I'm just saying, You could just help them find the podcast and just click on five stars for them. Anyway, that's all. I don't like to ask my listeners to do really anything for me. I just want you to know that if you're loving the podcast, you can help other people find us and help the podcast to grow by doing that and giving us those reviews. So thank you so much for those of you who have done that and will do that. I'm very grateful. Okay, so last episode I mentioned that I was going to add a page for botanicals, and I did get that page up this week. It took me quite a bit of time. It always takes me a longer time to do anything when it comes to web design. It takes me a long time to put that stuff together. It looks so simple when you look at the page. You're like, how could that have possibly taken very long? Partly it's because I'm too much of a perfectionist for my own good sometimes, but the main reason is because I'm just not really much of an expert when it comes to web design, so I have to just do it painstakingly, and I eventually get there. The other thing is that there's a mobile version of a website, so in other words, what the website looks like on your phone. So you have to design the website, any page or anything that you put onto the website that's new, you have to design it one way, the way it's going to look on your iPhone or or your cell phone, your smartphone, but you also have to design it for computers and laptops and desktop computers. So there's like two versions. And so everything that you do, you have to sort of do almost twice. You put it up on one version and then you have to format it for another version. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. The point is (laughs) I did get the botanicals page up and I added the plant that I mentioned in the last episode, the sweet olive or the tea olive, the osmanthus fragrance. I put that up. I also included some of my favorite Italian gardening and garden design books. I am kind of a sucker for like a coffee table design book. I've been in love with like plant botanical design books and garden books since I was way too young and too nerdy to be into that sort of thing. You know, when I was like 12 years old, one of my favorite gifts that someone could give me would be a a book on garden design. (laughs) That's how much I've always loved plants and botanicals and garden design. And so anyway, some of my favorite Italian garden design books are on the botanicals page. And what I'm going to be doing is going back slowly and adding sort of re-listening to different episodes and looking at my notes for different episodes and, and checking out to see which plants I mentioned. And I'm going to be slowly adding them as well as continuing to add any plant or botanicals that I discuss moving forward. So that's just something that I wanted to let you know about. We talked about it last week and I want to let you know that it, that botanicals page is up on the website on your smartphone. If you just go to the website, I'm moving to Italy. Dot com And up in the top 
right hand corner, there's a little sort of icon that's three little horizontal lines, and that's the menu. So if you just tap on that, a menu will pop down and it will say Nathan's favorite things, the botanicals, homepage, blog page, and the episodes page. So anyway, you can just go to that top right hand corner on your phone and that will take you to the page with the botanicals. If you're on the website on a laptop or a desktop computer, it's going to just be in the main menu. You'll see the, the word botanicals at the top of the menu bar and it'll take you to the page that way. So I want to let you know that that is up and live. So go check that out. Okay, so I am going to be in the next week or two, I'm going to be filming and doing my best to capture the Prosecco harvest. Right now, there are grapes, Prosecco grapes being harvested here, and it is a really kind of special time of the year. Some of my earliest memories as a child are being around grape harvests in California. I literally grew up in a Grenache wine grape vineyard and my dad grew wine grapes for the longest time. He sold mostly sold them to Gallo Winery in California and that was kind of back in the 80s, you know, when when wine was not quite as mainstream in at least American culture, and I think cultures around the world as it is now, wine has become so much more popular over the last 30 years. Anyway, but some of my earliest memories are of people picking grapes in the vineyard and the grapes being the smell of, of grapes being ripe and, and my great grandfather's vineyard, which was just kind of at the end of our property. My great grandfather, Walter, I remember grapes being harvested for not for wine purposes, but for raisins. And so anyway, that's that's kind of something that's always kind of near and dear to me, this idea of grape harvests and grapes being ripe. And so every time that happens and I see people in the vineyards picking the grapes, it just kind of brings back lots of wonderful childhood memories from from my early years in California. And so that's what's happening here. So I, I'm looking forward to sharing some of that and the sounds and the sights and the videos of that happening here in Italy with you. It'll be my first time being in Italy here during grape harvest season. So I'm looking forward to capturing as much of that as I can. In fact, today I'm going to be out doing some filming. And so I'm looking forward to sharing some of that next week. Also, um, one of the things that Alessandra and I are planning is a quick little trip to Croatia, a place I've never been. It's only about, I think it's about two hours at the most away in a car. If we were to fly there, we could be there a lot quicker. We're kind of doing some last minute checks to see about what the travel restrictions are. Are there any travel restrictions that we need to be tested or whatever before we go? And so we're checking on that. But I believe we are planning to do a quick little trip to Croatia, probably at the end of this week or the first of next week. So don't be surprised if the next time that I am coming to you with an episode, I just happen to be recording in Croatia or having just getting, or maybe I'll be getting ready to go to Croatia or having just got back, I'm not sure. You know, as usual, our plans are very, very fluid, and so we're trying to figure it out. But I'm super excited because the weather hasn't gotten cold yet. You know, even though we're inching towards fall here in Italy, uh, we are not quite there yet. 
and the weather is still warm. And in fact, it's still warm enough to sit outside at night to wear shorts outside, short sleeve shirts. And just this past Saturday, we went out for dinner in the downtown. And you can get this sense that winter and fall and winter and cold weather is coming. And everybody's sort of out in their summer clothes still eating outside at cafes and restaurants and sort of enjoying the last little bit of warm weather before, you know, the cold weather sits in. And so I feel like this is a great time to hop over to Croatia because the weather is still warm enough to hop in the ocean and swim a little bit. And so I'm looking forward to maybe squeezing in a quick sort of last little summer trip to Croatia. So anyway, I'll keep you posted on our travel plans to Croatia and our trip that we're going to do there. So another thing I'd like to share with you is that I've noticed that when I travel to California or New York or Tennessee or whatever, and then come back to Italy, it's been two weeks since I was in California. What I've noticed is that there's a major adjustment period that happens. And that adjustment period takes about two weeks for me to sort of get back to feeling like I'm back into the swing of things. I think it's even harder when I was, you know, I was gone for three weeks and sort of got a routine down in California for, uh, you know, for those three weeks and, and had a whole experience there. But then coming back after being gone for three weeks, trying to settle into a new routine back here in Italy is interesting. And and it's not just a routine with day-to-day life. It's a routine with sleeping. It's getting back into the daily habits and patterns and my, you know, going on my walks again and and eating differently again and, and going shopping and, and cooking meals again. And and it's like everything is, it's, it's a bit jarring, really. And it takes you some time. It's taking me I'm, I'm finding that it's taken me about two weeks to sort of get back in. It doesn't mean that I'm non-productive for two weeks, but to feel like I'm really back into the swing of things and I'm back into sort of a, a routine. It, it's taken me some time and my sleep patterns have been all over the place. When I first got here, I was waking up every morning at 4 a.m. for the first week. And now I'm finding myself not able to go to sleep at night staying up late at night and and I think maybe it's also because I I'm drinking espresso again and so that's I think my body I didn't drink espresso for almost a month in California and then I switched back to drinking espresso and then the caffeine you know I have to readjust to the caffeine levels and make sure I don't have caffeine too late in the day and then I can't go to sleep at night and then I find myself you know not going to sleep until two o'clock in the morning and then waking up late in the morning and just the the readjustment and like the re-entry process that 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 I think your body goes through when when you're not here and then you come back here. It's a very interesting thing to observe. Anyway, something just to to, to have you be aware of if you're moving to Italy and, and gonna be doing some traveling, especially extended periods of traveling, just be prepared for that readjustment and re-entry period. That's all I wanted to say. All right, so one final thing I wanted to share with you before I bring this episode to a close is that besides going and walking through the pink house last week, we also went and looked at one other property. And this other property was a fairly expensive piece of property. It was much more expensive than we were wanting to spend on a piece of property. 
But the upsides to this piece of property was the fact that it was very large, very beautiful. It was completely move-in ready, and it was being sold fully furnished. It was in a little community about 15 minutes away from the town of Coniano here. And while it does not have a train station in that town, which is kind of a deal breaker, little bit sort of, and even though it wasn't exactly the most walkable town like this little city is where we are here in Coniano, you can pretty much walk everywhere and you could survive with a bike or a scooter or a car or just you could literally survive just just by walking without even having a car because the train station is walking distance and you can just go everywhere that you want to go on the train and everything else is walking distance. You could walk to the theater, you can walk to the police station, you can walk to hundreds of restaurants, you can walk to cafes, and any anywhere you wanted to go, you can walk there. So this town really wasn't set up quite like that. It was more of the kind of town that you would live there and then drive to where you wanted to go. And again, the fact that there was no train station, that was kind of a downer. However, the property itself was so fantastic. And it came with this beautiful piece of land and this beautiful stone wall surrounding the land and these beautiful old growth trees that surrounded the property and made it completely private had this beautiful driveway. And it was, it was so beautiful and move-in ready. And the fact that they were selling all this beautiful, elegant furniture with the property, you could literally turn it immediately into a a place to rent out for people that want to get married. If you wanted to go that route, you could turn it into a bed and breakfast. You could have it be a fully functional Airbnb. It's right in the heart of the Prosecco Valley. It's surrounded by Prosecco vineyards. Just really beautiful. So we went and walked through that piece of property and it was almost as much as we wanted to spend on our home in Tennessee and our two properties that we want to buy here in Italy combined. So it was definitely at the very high, high end of our budget that we wanted to spend. But we decided, you know what, let's go walk through it. We wanted to go walk through it before I went to California, but a lot of people just take off the entire month of August or at least several weeks in August for a vacation. And so we weren't able to go see it. Anyway, we were finally able to have somebody show us this house and when we walked through the property, we realized that the reason that the property wasn't even more expensive, I mean, it, it was expensive, but it could have been much more expensive. We were kind of un, unsure, like, why is this property, that's such a beautiful piece of property, why isn't it like twice this amount? Because we've seen villas and properties that were less grand and less fantastic than this piece of property was for twice that amount or more. And so we were kind of like curious. And I think that's one of the best things about really sort of buying slow and and really sort of easing in and really figuring out not being in a rush to buy a piece of property and really understanding your market and understanding the local area and so one of the things that we found out in walking through this property that is not mentioned online in the listing 
is that the driveway that looks online like a private driveway and the whole property looks like this beautiful private oasis. Even when we went and sort of scoped out the outside of the property on our own before the agent was able to meet us there, we went and sort of scouted the village a little bit and went to the local restaurant across the street. And, you know, we we checked it out and everything looked like, wow, this is like, this could be a real like steal of a deal. This could be a, you know, why is why has this property not sold yet? Why is this property been on the market for so long? Well, we figured out why. And that is because on the same piece of property with access through the main driveway, there is another property that uses those same gates and the same driveway. So the property is not actually this private gated property. It's sort of a shared driveway. And I believe from what I was able to understand from the agent that the big, beautiful park that's like a couple acres park and and grounds and beautiful, you know, kind of estate is shared with the other people, the family who's selling off a portion of this land and a portion of this house, sort of an adjoining part of the villa is still being held and owned by the family. And so that's what we discovered, even though it looked like it was this fantastic opportunity and we were really excited about it. In the end, it turned out that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. But the good thing is, after going and walking through that property, we were able to sort of just put it out of our minds and sort of check it off of our list. Because I think that's the thing about that's kind of great about shopping for properties is as you can kind of get really excited about something. And I always try to control myself and not get too excited too early. But once you do go check something out, you're able to be like, oh, okay, now I see why that's not a great fit for us or that's not what we're looking for. So anyway, that's something that we did. I did take a video of walking through that property. You can kind of get an idea for why I got so excited about it. I'll share that walkthrough of that property with you as well. It is truly a fantastic property and it's beautiful. Had we not found out and had it not been the case, that driveway and the property was shared with someone else. I think we might have went ahead and and sort of bit the bullet and got that place because it really is beautiful. And I think we, we could have turned it into something fantastic. But I have a feeling that we also might have gotten saved from, you know, getting into something that was maybe a little too much house for being up here in the north where we really are only going to spend a portion of the year. And to spend that much money on a house that we're really only going to spend a couple months in a year and we're going to use as kind of a, a vacation rental just probably wouldn't have been the most practical use of our of our money and our resources. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you and check out the Instagram video in this ep- for this episode. And I just want to quickly also say that the video that I have uploaded about four times now for episode five, some of the other episodes, I finally, they were able, Instagram let me leave the, the videos up and, and didn't remove them after kind of going through a dispute process with them. But they did remove a final time. They removed this, even though I made changes to the video and I, I'm just having all these problems with this one particular video that has some things, some content in it from the Olympics. I don't know why Instagram is so fussy about posting anything that I just took a video of from my camera of the 
TV here in Italy, but for some reason, there's like super strict rules about being able to post anything from the Olympics on Instagram. Anyway, episode five, I just, I just had to delete it. I mean, I had to delete all the posts from that week, from that episode. So if you happen to be trying to go through this podcast from the beginning and you get to episode four and five and six and you're like, where's, where's, where's the video for episode five? It got deleted multiple times. And instead of, and the problem is the way it works with Instagram is everything is sort of built and stacked on top of each other. If you go to my Instagram page for, you know, I'm moving to Italy, you can see that each week I post three posts. I post the episode number and a quote about the, you know, something that I, a picture of myself and a quote from the episode, and then I post the video. Well, if Instagram removes one post, then it's sort of like all of your posts above that come crashing down. And I know I've been making a big deal out of this and you probably don't really care, but I guess I'm letting you know now that in order for me to ha- not have to repost episode five and everything else above it. I'd have to literally delete all of the posts that I have up there, which is like 20 posts. I'd have to up, I'd have to delete all of them and reload them all. And then Instagram might even continue to delete. And then I'd be back in the same boat. So anyway, all that to say, that's what, that's the issue I've been having with Instagram. So I've just had to just say, okay, you know what? I'm sorry, but episode five is just not going to have a video, a companion video that goes along with it. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. And I have to move on. I have to get caught up. I have to get all my videos up because I hate it when I don't have a video posted for the weekly episode. So anyway, I haven't been slacking on my, I've got all my videos ready to be posted. I've just been kind of dealing with this issue with Instagram. So hopefully this puts that to rest and you understand my reasoning for all of that. So I don't have to talk about this ever again, the Instagram situation. That brings us to the end of the episode, folks. Okay, so the Italian proverb for this week is one that I find kind of funny. And it is a very old Italian proverb, and it actually comes, it originates from the city of Venice, which is right here in the Veneto region. And so I thought this was kind of fitting because we were kind of in the middle of wine, grape harvest, Prosecco grape harvest. And so anyway, this is the Italian proverb for this week. Non si può avere la botte piena e la moglie ubriaca. And that means you can't have a full barrel and a drunk wife. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, I I guess really what that means is it's kind of like our equivalent in, in English to saying you can't have your cake and eat it too. And so what it means is you can't have a full barrel of wine and a drunk wife at the same time. And I guess a drunk wife is like a more supposedly, you know, it's totally unpolitically correct to to speak like this these days. But this ancient proverb, I suppose that a drunk wife was sort of an easier wife to deal with. (laughs) 
or an inebriated wife is a wife that is sort of more passive and less, uh, uh, I don't know, less, less nagging or less bossy or whatever, whatever it's insinuating. I don't know. But um, anyway, you can't have a full barrel of wine and a wife who's intoxicated at the same time because if you want to use some of that wine to get your wife loosened up on wine, you're going to have to spend some of the wine. So anyway, I'm just doing this in honor of the fact that it's grape harvest here in Italy, in the Prosecco Valley especially, and that this came from the local region here. Also, a side note, I think it kind of shows that Italians tend to like wine more and, it- and Americans tend to like cake, since our version of this would be you know, uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But anyway, so that's our Italian proverb for the week. Okay, so that brings us to our don't you love it win for the week. And my don't you love it win for this week is don't you love it when you're driving down the road and you pass tractors driving down the main road or main street of the city pulling wagons filled with grapes right through the main street of town. And that is exactly what you're seeing right now. There's something about just seeing a tractor in general that always kind of reminds me of being on on a farm or on a ranch. You know, I, I spent so much time driving tractors myself growing up and being around them, watching my my dad and my brothers, my grandfather, you know, our whole family, you know, tractors have always been a big part of our life. But the fact that you see them just driving down the street here and, you know, you can have a, a slight, you know, traffic jam and in that traffic jam you've just got tractors right along with buses and cars and trucks and everything else so it's just like it's kind of part of the local traffic this time of the year so anyway that's something i love i definitely love to see tractors just driving down the road that's when you know you're really in wine country (laughs) okay so that brings us to our surrounding sounds for this week's episode and As I shared with you, we have the sound of the meeting with the architect talking about the pink house and some of the things that we can do there. And so I'm going to share that with you. I'm also going to share the sounds of walking through that big, beautiful property that we were in love with, but then found out that it wasn't the best fit for us. So I've got that, the sound of that. And the final sound I have is a sound of walking through the downtown area, the main square of the city here in Coniano on Saturday, sort of one of the last days of the of the year, the one of the last weekends that everyone's out sitting outside, enjoying the nice, beautiful, warm evening weather. You know, everyone's wearing short sleeves and shorts and everything and, and enjoying kind of one of those last great warm weekends when you can really just sit outside without a jacket and enjoy the beautiful weather. So anyway, enjoy those surrounding sounds and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. So halfway, halfway is. Are uh, you are not Italian? Sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Speaking Italian, it's good for me okay. to to listen to Italian. You understand? Uh, Absolutely. Okay, okay. okay. If you need English, uh, okay. we, we can change language. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. If I have a question, I'll ask you in English. Okay. <laughs> Uh, volete vedere fin sopra come preferite? Um, do you want to see? No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. 
Se no, dice questa parte è basta. Ok, me. va bene. Sì, allora, sì, sì, proseguiamo. Vi sì. faccio vedere allora gli annessi, così inquadriamo anche cosa c'è. Allora sono i clienti e li presento buonasera. solamente come facciamo al solito buonasera. Ciao, buonasera. Prima resto qui. Nessun problema. Perfetto. Facciamo vedere un po' l'ambiente. Eccoci qua. Allora, vi faccio camminare un po' solo per vedere quella che è la struttura. Poi sapete che eh, voi avete certamente visto le foto. Se vi fa piacere poi scambiamo le mail, abbiamo anche un virtual tour interno okay. di questa parte qui, sì. se avete piacere mostrarla anche ad altri, so perché oh, non si cerca un parere, si cerca volentieri. Altro camminetto di qua e un altro di lì, quindi okay. andiamo. È un attimo questa parte di Sì, molto caratteristica. Come si dice in italiano? No, 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 gatto. Uh, puma. Puma? Eh, no. Leopard. 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 This is illegal, exactly. but the bad things are here since centuries because the, yeah. uh, the family of the husband, of mm. the, the owner, uh, was uh, Italian uh, colonialist uh, in, uh, in yes. Congo. Yep. Mm. So, wow, bravissimo. Interessante, bello come concetto studio. Diciamo che è una casa che respira comunque storia, si vede in ogni dettaglio, una famiglia che davvero è qui da secoli letteralmente mm -hmm. e, e quindi se la sono anche costruita quando hanno perso la villa principale hanno cercato di costruirla per fare comunque una residenza anche se sentendo lei non ho una casetta dove vedere la villa prima ma si vede che c'è stato un gusto di una famiglia che, che era abituata al bello certo, ecco certo poi il tempo era sì 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 Concetto è questo, adesso ci sono quattro camere e se le camere fanno eh, oltre i 14 metri quadri, questo è il regolamento edilizio proprio del comune, possono essere utilizzate da due persone, è tipo una camera matrimoniale, ok? Vuol dire, mettiamo che sono tutte più grandi, di, perché se sono sotto i 14 metri quadri, la ponte lì, dopo si può dormire in due, non è quello il problema, però eh, ufficialmente la camera singola minimo deve essere 9 metri, oltre i 9 metri, fino a quando supera i 14 diventa una camera doppia. Ah, ok. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from this week here in Italy. And I want to thank you so much for those of you who have come back and joined us for another episode this week. I am so happy that you are here and that I get to spend this time with you every week. If you have a moment to either leave a review yourself for the podcast, 
or to help a friend or a family member leave a quick five-star review. Just takes a few quick seconds to put five stars or to write a few words about the podcast. It's a game changer, truly, about how much it helps the podcast. So thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you for those of you who've already done it. Sorry for sounding like a broken record, but I really appreciate the help. Those of you who've already left the review, just listening is the the most wonderful thing that you can do. Coming back every week and listening is amazing. So those of you who are coming back week after week, just listening helps the podcast grow as well. So thank you so much. I want to thank you all for being here and sharing this time together. I look forward to this every week. And so until next week, wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice, I hope you are healthy and well. And I look forward to being back here with you again next week, maybe from Croatia. So anyway, until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.